Thank you, ladies. The book of Revelation tonight will be in Revelation chapter number 22, the last chapter of Revelation, the last chapter of the New Testament, and of course, the last chapter of the Bible, uh, Revelation chapter number 22. I want to just uh, share some thoughts with you this evening, and uh, I hope you'll uh, stay with me tonight. I know that many are not able to be here because of sickness. Perhaps some of you are not feeling 100%. Uh, but uh, I do want to just uh, share some things the Lord has put on my heart this evening from the book of Revelation, chapter number 22. This morning, we looked at the book of Ecclesiastes, which is a great book of the Bible, uh, from a practical standpoint, helping us to live practically as a Christian. Uh, God wants you to be a success in your life, to be a success according to how what he deems a success, because that's what's important. Uh, he wants you to have a good life. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to have joy. Uh, he wants you to make the right decisions. Uh, so he gives us those instructions. Uh, the Bible also tells us some things for us. I mentioned it in the Sunday school lesson that we can be looking forward to. Just as uh, those prophets of the Old Testament uh, prophesied of the coming Lord, uh, we have the same prophecy not for him coming the first time, but for him coming the second time. And we should be looking for him to come the second time uh, because we know him from coming the first time. And so we look at the end of Revelation, and I want us to uh, focus on, on the great promise at the end of the Bible, but then look at some things practically. We get ourselves in trouble when we don't look at the Bible as a literal, practical book that can be applied to the day today. There are some things you and I will never be able to figure out because God's ways are so far above our ways. Uh, God's thoughts are so far above our thoughts. And anybody that tells you, I can tell you exactly how the end times are coming, exactly how they're going to open up, and the day and the hour and all of that, they don't know what they're talking about. Because uh, there's some things only the Lord knows and he has not revealed them to us. But there are some things that we can take and apply to our situation the day we live in today. Jesus taught his disciples, there's some signs that you watch for. There are some things for you to be aware of. There's some things for you to discern, and we discern that by the Spirit of God. But let's look at uh, Revelation chapter 22, and we'll read verse 12 down to the end of the chapter, beginning with verse 12. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments. They may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs, and sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I'll just make a quick commentary on, on those two verses. That the, We didn't take time to read it, but the beginning of this chapter, we're reminded that when that end time comes, whatever you are is what you're going to be for eternity. And if you've obeyed the command to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to be that, that redeemed, uh, that, that one in the glorified body for all of eternity. But if you reject Christ, you will be what you are for all of eternity. And that's mentioned in, in verse number 15. Uh, verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And then the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. 
Even so come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Tonight I want to bring a message that I've entitled, Until Jesus Comes. We look at verse number 20. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. We need to be reminded that the Lord is coming again. I find myself, especially with the way the world is going, often saying to myself, muttering under my breath, in exchanges of text messages, the words that are written at the end of verse 20, even so come, Lord Jesus. You see the things that are taking place politically. What's my opinion of that? Even so come, Lord Jesus. You look at what's happening in the Middle East with Israel and the, and the war over there. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Even so come, Lord Jesus. That is the answer for everything. But tonight, I want to bring a message that I've entitled, Until Jesus Comes. Father, thank you again for the day you've given us, the soul saved, baptized, uh, the decisions made for you. Father, I pray that uh, once again you meet with us tonight. May we be encouraged. May we be challenged. May our hope uh, settle firmly on the Lord Jesus. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you'll for, uh, permit me tonight to be a little transparent with you and allow my humanity to show, if you will. But I don't know if this is the case with you, but I, I'm just weary of this sin-cursed world. I am weary of this anti-God society, this anti-Scripture philosophy that permeates our society. The constant attacks on God, quite frankly, I, I'm tired of and disgusted by. Uh, it's hard to uh, even, it's hard to, to, to look at things, or, you know, the television and, and the things that are pumped through uh, media today, I'm, I'm just weary of it. The constant attacks on God, uh, the anti-marriage agenda of couples living together outside of marriage and anything other than a man and a woman, quite frankly, is an attack on God. God created male and female. Uh, for anyone living in a same-sex relationship to blame God for how he created them is blasphemy. I get weary of the attack on God. I get weary if you say the things that I'm saying that it's somehow going to be, be hurt society. No, society is, is hurt. Society uh, is, is so far from God. I, quite frankly, I don't know if you feel ever feel this way, but I just get tired of it. Uh, for an agenda to deny who God created them and then change their gender is blasphemy against God. And quite frankly, it is against the very laws of nature. One time, I don't watch a lot of television. Quite frankly, the only thing I, I really ever watch is, 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 is a little bit of college football on, on Saturday. But quite frankly, I am tired of seeing football jerseys with, with, with rainbows on it. I'm tired of seeing commercials uh, pushing an agenda that the laws of nature uh, are against. I, I don't know if you ever get weary of it. I get weary of it. I'm weary of hearing how a girl should have been a boy and a boy should have been a girl. Likewise, I, I'm just tired of the feminization of our boys. Well, if you've got young men, uh, make them... Uh, manly it's toxic well be toxic give me two give me double doses of that uh, I just get weary weary of that 
I've said it before, but we didn't win World War II by men wearing, uh, you know, men's makeup and fanny packs. I mean, that's, you know, a, a merce, you know. Let me get the first aid out of my merce that I'm, I'm carrying as I, as, I, as I storm Normandy. I just get tired of it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm weary of the message to our little girls that to be a, a wife and a mother is second class. And the message that if you yield to God's authority in the home, that's demeaning. I'm weary of the abortion crowd. I'm weary of the mental illness that is rampant through our society that believes it's okay if a baby is unwanted to kill it. I'm weary of the universities that promote it. I'm weary of the businesses that fund it. I'm weary of the government that allows it. Quite frankly, I'm weary of our government that protects evil and punishes good. Maybe I'm alone. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of the blasphemy in so-called churches. I'm tired of the false religions that reject Christ and blaspheme his name. I know I'm supposed to be long-suffering. But I'm tired of the Pope. He's not God. And quite frankly, he's just mentally deranged. He takes honor. Say, so why do you feel that way? He takes honor from my Lord. I'm tired of hearing about Islam and their war against Jesus. I'm also tired of this new age, contemporary, emergent, false doctrine that was born in hell and affects churches today. I'm just weary of it. I'm going to be transparent, transparent this evening. I find myself just asking God to take us home, to bring the rapture. I don't know if you ever feel this way, and I'm sure my heart isn't always where it needs to be whenever I feel this way, but I hear the blasphemy against our Savior and the denying of our God, and I just say to myself, the day of reckoning is coming. Jesus is coming back, and all the blasphemers and God deniers, the day is coming when King Jesus will return, and you will be held accountable. One day, Jesus is coming, and there'll be no professor to parade out and, and show some evidence of how the world was created 32 million years ago, and, and Jesus, God didn't create the world, and, and you can change your, your gender. And quite frankly, uh, God, those who believe in God, they're the trouble in this world. There'll be nobody saying that because every knee is going to bow. I know we should feel a certain way, but often I find myself just saying what we read in verse number 20. Even so come Lord Jesus. That would fix everything. That would change everything. When the rapture takes place and God calls us home, friend, we don't have any more problems. This world will still have problems. This world thinks it's bad now. Wait until Jesus comes and calls the church home. He comes and gets his bride, and there's no presence of the Holy Spirit of God here. Uh, the world can only imagine. Hollywood can't create a scene as horrible and terrifying that's going to take place in that time when after the rapture takes place. 
I, I, know, I know that, that we know this is going to take place, but let's be honest. If, if you have not felt that way, you're not paying attention to this world. Sometimes I just want to say, you know, Lord, just, just and I say it often, even so come Lord Jesus. It's closer than it's ever been, obviously, but all you have to do is pay attention. It is all right there for our Lord to come. But until Jesus comes, we're supposed to be faithful to some things. I don't think it's a sin to get weary of people blaspheming our Lord. I don't think it's a sin that every time the NBA plays, can both teams lose? I don't think it's a sin to turn your back on the things of this world as they push an anti-God agenda. I don't think it's unpatriotic to point your finger at our government and at our nation and condemn, condemn their anti-God, their anti-scripture stand. Even so, come Lord Jesus. But until Jesus comes, what are we to do? Number one, I say to us, we must be faithful. Look at verse number 12. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. When Jesus comes and we are in his kingdom and we reside with him for eternity, there's going to be a work for us to do for him. And what our work is, is based on the reward we get that he brings with him based on the life that we live and what we do with this life. While you might relate to me, with me, on the frustrations that I may have with the things that take place in this world, you and I are still required to be faithful. And quite frankly, there are too many Christians that because of the very things that I mentioned, and how can they not turn our stomach? How can they not bother us? How can they not grate against everything that is, a, that is in us? And how can our, the Spirit of God not be grieved within us? It's still no excuse for us not to be faithful. It's still no excuse for us to compromise. It's still no excuse to throw up our hands and say, Well, I guess there's not a whole lot we can do. Friend, you and I can be faithful. And we are reminded that Jesus is coming. And we're reminded when he comes, he's bringing his reward with him. He's bringing his reward with him for those who have been faithful, even in spite of the day we live in. And, and I know that the day that, that we live in today, uh, the Bible tells us he's, the Son of Man's coming as it, it was in the days of Noah, so it will like be in those days. And God destroyed the world once because of how wicked it was. The world's always been wicked. The command has always been the same, be faithful. Pastor, what are we supposed to do? Rear our children in this world and the things that they're going to be bombarded with and the philosophies that they're going to be uh, exposed to and the, and, and the, and the wickedness that, that they're going to, the agenda. But you can't trust your children with anybody in this world. You can't trust them with the public school system. You can't trust them with the government. You can't trust them with, 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 with many things this world. So what do we do? We're going to be faithful in teaching them the word of God. It's not, well, we just, I don't know what, we can't change things. We should be faithful. Number two, we're reminded the invitation remains. Look at verse 17. 
And the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that heareth say, come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. I'm looking forward to Jesus coming, aren't you? He'll change, it's going to change everything. I get, I, get, I get so weary and angry at the haughtiness of man today. To be able to thumb their nose at God and blaspheme God. And to just make a mockery of God. But Jesus is coming and there'll be no pride. There'll be no pride parades of any kind when Jesus comes. Man's not going to be pompous. Man's not going to be proud of, of what they are and what they do. No, every knee shall bow. There's going to be a reckoning. But until Jesus comes, the invitation remains. What's the invitation? To accept Christ. Even those who frustrate us, make the hair on the back of our neck stand up, turn our stomach, the invitation still remains for them. As long as we have a day before the trumpet sounds, the invitation remains. I don't like the wickedness of this world. I don't, I don't like the, 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 the agenda of this world. And we're reminded it is under the control of the prince and the power of the air. At this time, it is his domain. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to remind the world there's still an invitation. I'm not going to go along with your agenda, but I want to tell you there's an invitation. Notice what verse 17 says. And the spirit and the bride say, come. There are two people, if you will, a person and an entity that is to be giving the invitation. The first is the spirit of God. The third member of the Godhead, the spirit of God, is working in this wicked world. The spirit of God is still saying, come. When somebody hears the gospel, whether they receive it or they reject it, the spirit of God is speaking to them and saying, the truth is, You must have the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, some people don't believe that, but the Spirit of God still tells them. There's a reason why every other religion and false religion gets along just fine with one another, but those who believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, well, that's that's just not going to be accepted. You know why? Because the Spirit brings conviction. The Spirit brings conviction. Now, the Spirit is still saying, the Bible tells us here. Jesus says in verse 20, surely I come quickly. He's coming again. He reminds us in his, in his word in, in the book of Revelation, he's coming again. He say, come quickly. There's no time in heaven. God's not bound by time. He, he's coming. The day is coming. And those who are not prepared, they are going to be left in a state that they don't want to be left in. But the Spirit is still saying, come. Come. I'm weary of it. I'm ready for Jesus to come. But until he comes, the invitation is still open. Aren't you thankful that the Spirit worked in your heart, convicted you of your need of salvation? Aren't you thankful that those that live around us, our family, our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors, there's still hope for them? Because the Spirit is still saying, come. But not only is the Spirit 
saying come, but the bride, the church, is to be saying come. You know, that's, that's our message today. Come. Well, we, 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 th- th- we don't believe in that mean-spirited things, and we believe that everybody ought to be able to affirm themselves. Well, that's contrary to what God says. What do you say about that, church? We say come. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, c- come to Him and, and accept Him and, 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 and trust Him for salvation. Serve Him. The invitation is to come. This is a reminder for you and I in the midst of our frustration, in the midst of our nation continuing to change, the message remains the same. Come. What if there's a, another war? We, the message is the same. Come. What if there's a revolution? The message is come. The message has always been that. We should be even busier about it. Why? Because it's getting closer to his return. It's, it would be, something would be wrong, I would think, if we believe this book and we see some of the things going on in this world that I mentioned at the beginning of this message, and it didn't bother us. It didn't stir us. It didn't make us angry. It didn't disgust us. But in the midst of our frustration, our anger, in the midst of all of that, the bride of Christ, the church, needs to be shouting the message, come. You can still come to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to condemn the things that this Bible condemns, but the message remains the same. You can come. Until Jesus comes, the invitation remains. Until Jesus comes, we must pay attention to the things written in this book. Look at me at verse number 18. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Number three, I said, pay attention to the things written in this book. Now, verse 18 and 19 tells us very clearly that God thinks a lot of his word. He said no man should add to it. He said no man should take away from it. Uh, There's a lot of people today adding to it and taking it away from it. And God gives his opinion of that. We believe that. But not only should we believe that, but we got to pay close attention to the words that God said to never change. Does this make sense? We don't change them. We don't add to them. We don't take away, but we got to pay attention to them. we got to be concerned enough and pay attention enough to make sure we have the words of God. But in that, we need to pay attention to what God actually says. There's a lot of Christians, I'm afraid, that will take a stand. This is the word of God. We believe it's the word of God. But they don't ever read it. They don't pay attention to it. They don't obey it. This world is when Jesus comes, this world is going to be judged. It's not going to be judged by you or me. It's not going to be judged by a Facebook poll. It's not going to be judged by the Supreme Court. It's not going to be judged by whoever was in the White House. It is going to be judged by the word of God, which this world has ignored. So if this whole world is going to be judged by this book, don't you think we ought to pay close attention to it? Don't you think we ought to heed it? I want Jesus to come back. I want Jesus to, 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 to right all the wrongs. I want him to take us. I've pictured so many times in my mind. I don't know what the world's going to look like then because so much is going to happen. But when Jesus comes back with after he's raptured his home and he comes back with that church and takes his rightful place, 
on the king of David in that city of Jerusalem. What, oh, I picture that. I picture every knee bowing. I picture the, the haughty politician today who thinks they're above the law and above all things. I picture them bowing before the Lord Jesus Christ. This world's going to be judged by this book. The government, the judges, the politicians who will allow the Quran in public schools but not the Bible, they're going to give an account of that. This world is not judged by the Quran. In the things, the ideology that is allowed in our schools, in our public square, and the filth and the indoctrination of these kids, but you can't have Jesus loves me in the Bible, they're going to give an account to this book. You ought to pay attention to it. The mom and dad, those children that God entrusted you with, we're going to give an account of it. The things that God has compelled us to do by his book, we're going to give an account of it. I want Jesus to come back and right all those wrongs. There'll be no pride. There'll be no haughtiness. There'll be no, well, I don't believe that, so it doesn't apply. Oh, everybody's going to believe in Jesus. Everybody's going to believe in this book. I want Jesus to come, but until then, we've got to pay attention to the things written in this book. And then fourthly and finally, we understand that the world is going to get worse before Jesus calls us home. It's not going to get better. Now, I don't, I don't want us to despair over that, but it's going to get worse. The, our nation has not seen its worst days. Our nation has seen some bad days. You think of our nation's history. The presidential election of 2020, what a debacle that was and what a pivotal moment that was. And that's nothing compared to what this nation's been through, though. Nothing. But its worst days are ahead because the world's worst days are ahead. It's the decline of man. Pastor, you're not giving me much to hold on to until Jesus comes back. But look at verse 21. Think, think with me for just a moment before we read that. The Apostle John, who Jesus gave this book to, told him to write these things down, gave him a front row seat. He didn't just write it to him, he saw it. The horrors that are written in this book, that in an instant, a third of the world's population, gone. The creatures that will emerge from the pits of hell, the torment that will take place, the days coming that literally it will seem as if time stands still. The wind will not even blow. So much for solar. What a, what, 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 a, what a thought. Can you imagine John as he's hearing these things? He's seeing these things. He's recording these things. Just being in the presence of Jesus. But all the things and the uncertainty and the reality that he writes of in just a couple of chapters prior. Of that great white throne. 
and to multitudes through the ages who never accepted Christ. How they're judged and they're thrown into that lake of fire. How Satan himself is going to be taken and thrown into that lake of fire. He gets to the end of what the Lord gives him. In verse 20, he which testified these things says, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. In my mind, that's the end of the chapter. In my mind, that's the end of the book. In my mind, that's the end of the Bible. Jesus is coming again. Even so, come quickly. Change it all. But, there's another verse, isn't there? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. As bad as the day is, the turmoil in the world, the wars that come, the filth that's promoted, all the things we're frustrated by, the blasphemy of our Savior, the blasphemy of the Son of God, the blatant disregard for the truth of God's Word, the preying on the innocent people, the, the, the obvious satanic oppression that this world is under. It's not all without hope. And yes, we want Jesus to come back now and get us out of this mess now. But until He comes back, He says, I'll give you my grace God's grace will sustain us. I, I, I am certain that I have the responsibility as a preacher of this book and as your pastor to tell you the truth as I believe it is, it is told in this book. I don't believe America is going to be great again as we want it to be. I believe America's crossed the line when it comes to the things of God. God's a just God. God's going to judge America for the murder of, of innocent babies. God's going to judge America uh, for uh, not, not staying and in, in, in giving the gratitude for what God has done for this nation. God's going to judge America for, uh, for the anti-God, anti-scriptural uh, push that it has. God's going to judge America. But friend, you don't have to despair if you've got a baby in that nursery over there because the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ will sustain you. You don't have to do despair as we go through this life and give up and wring our hands about what has taken place because Jesus is coming back. And it's not going to matter what's down here. It's only going to matter who's up there. He is coming back. But in the meantime, the grace of the Lord will sustain us. Well, we live in a nation that was built on in God we trust. It's undeniable. Our justice system was based on the principles of this book. Our founding fathers, if they were not a believer, they respected God. They honored God, even if they weren't a believer. We've gone from that to, in many cases, leaving the world in depravity, in the anti-God agenda. What are we going to do? We just have to depend on God's grace. We live in a nation that's adversarial toward the things of God now. What if it gets worse? When it gets worse? What are we to do? Depend on the grace of God to sustain us. Well, I think this, is, this has been very helpful to me. In the midst of my frustration, I say, Lord, would you just come and 
put it, put it in its right place. If I can say it like this, will you show everybody who's boss? But we've got to be reminded, God's timing is impeccable. He hasn't come yet. So what do we do, Pastor? We as the bride still give the invitation. The Lord Jesus, you can come. And I love what the Bible reminds us of in that verse. And whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. But what are we supposed to do? Give the invitation, be faithful. Friend, it's not time. It's not time. We, we say this, well, Jesus is coming back. Isn't it obvious? Jesus is coming back. And, and I preached a couple of weeks on the significance of, of what's taking place in Israel right now. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Then, then why aren't the church houses full? We, we, we've got to be more faithful as we get closer to his appearing if he's coming back. We've got to be faithful. Pay attention to the things written in this book. And friend, God's grace will sustain us. I don't know if it will happen in my lifetime. If it doesn't happen in my lifetime, I believe it very well may, but if it doesn't happen in my lifetime, there will be preachers in the United States of America will be put in jail for preaching some of the things I preach tonight. They will be put in jail. Say, in America, absolutely. Absolutely. Matter of fact, if they could do it now, they would do it now. So what are we to do? The grace of God will sustain us. When the COVID restriction and all came out, I had to, in this, in the, in the, we're grateful, I'm grateful to live in, in Florida, the free state of Florida, we call it. I didn't know how things were going to uh, pan out. I, don't know, I didn't know how far they would go. But the th thought crossed my mind, where's the line for the government telling me we can assemble and can't assemble? Christian, how far would you go to obey this book? What if they tell you you can't have a Bible? And what if they say we're, and it's on their agenda. We, we've seen it. It's on their agenda. Christian schools are on their agenda to eliminate. They're on their agenda. And when they get the chance, they'll take that away so they can indoctrinate the children as they want to indoctrinate. Pastor, what are we going to do? We just continue on by the grace of God. Well, what, what, if, what if it happens in your generation? Well, are we better than Paul? Are we better than those martyrs that are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11? The grace of God will sustain us. Well, Pastor, you, you're, you're just not giving us much hope and optimism. Oh, there's much. I've given you much hope and optimism. But no matter what we face in this world, God's grace will sustain us. God's grace, you can still rear your children according to this book in this day. You can, still, you can still have a home that honors God. We can still have a church that believes this book and stands on this book, but still has the love and the grace and, and the care for those around us so that we can give them the gospel, make the invitation for them to come. We can still be faithful in the midst of opposition. We can still do all of those things. Why? Because God's grace sustained us. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you came back? All those secrets are going to be revealed. The wicked 
the haughty. The book of Revelation, if you read it through, I would encourage you to read it from, from first chapter to the second chapter in one sitting if you can. But things will become, there will be a pattern. There's patterns that come out when you read a book in its entirety. One of the many patterns in this book is the blood of the martyrs. It's crying out for justice. One of the patterns in this book is for the blasphemers to be held accountable. The day is coming. I look forward. Have you ever imagined the rapture? When you were a kid, did you want to fly? I don't know why. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I was like, man, it'd be cool to fly. I'm just going to fly over there. I tried a couple of times. didn't work out too well, but... I don't know exactly. It's going to take place in the clinging of an eye. By what we know, the Bible says that he's going to appear. He's going to be seen in the clouds. But can you imagine the, the, the new cycle? They won't be trying to explain who that was because of the chaos that will be taking place on this planet. But with him are the redeemed, are all those that are already with him are going to appear in the clouds with our Savior. And that trumpet's going to sound, and we're going to be called out of here. I've tried to imagine how that's going to be. My mind can't comprehend how that's going to take place. But I've tried to think about it and comprehend it. All the pride, the... The, the wickedness of this world and how they've treated our Savior. Pastor, what do we do until then? Well, Jesus told us what to do until then. We need to be faithful. Say, I want to do something about what's going on in our world. Then you show up every time you're supposed to show up at the house of God. You be faithful. What, what, what do I do until Jesus comes? Well, you just keep making the invitation. The Spirit is still working, by the way. The Spirit is still working. The bride needs to be faithful as well and saying, come. You still come to Jesus. But we ought to be mindful of the words and give attention to them and depend on his grace to sustain us. This book has not changed, even though the world around us has. Let's be faithful to it. Father, I pray that our